Welcome back to another edition of the PagCast. I'm your host, Michael Pagani, joined alongside Trevor Grout, who covers the Tampa Bay Lightning for the Scrum Sports website. Trevor, welcome to the PagCast. Thank you again for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Uh, you know, uh, anytime I get to, uh, to jump on one of these things, I mean, it's weirder doing it via video nowadays, but, you know, take what I can get. Earlier on during this pandemic, a lot of people indulged in Netflix, to say the least, because really that was the only thing we could do. What did you do to keep yourself busy? Uh, you know, with, without a lot of – I've been blessed with a lot of writers on my staff because uh, I own the Scrum. Um, so kind of keeping them going. Uh, you know, I, I, I saw you asked one of your prior guests what he watched on Netflix and – you know, Tiger King was a big thing early on for me. Uh, you know, that actually part of that takes place here in Tampa because um, Carol Baskins is here in Tampa. Um, but, you know, a lot of video games, uh, planning for a wedding. Uh, me and my fiance are getting married next month. So, you know, just keeping, keeping as busy as humanly possible and without hockey uh, up until recently. So it's been a little uh, – been, been a tough ride. I'm sure that all sports fans can agree with you uh, with it being a tough ride because, you know, uh, we opened up with NASCAR and Bundesliga being the first two, uh, you know, big sports to return to the, uh, you know, whole uh, industry, I guess you could say. And then, you know, slowly we got news about the four major league sports here in North America, MLB, NBA, uh, you know, NFL and NHL. With uh, the NHL coming back, has that brought normalcy back into your life? little bit you know being somebody who covers the team being a uh, you know in the press box you know I've got two or three other writers that you know I have on staff that that cover the team as well um and I mean technically we'd be in our off season right now uh actually we'd be preparing for the upcoming season at this point um so it's been a little different um I forgot to shave my beard prior to the playoffs so my playoff beard's growing a little uh little longer than uh, normal but uh yeah I mean it's it's nice when the lightning came back when the NHL came back it was it you know obviously we're not covering in Edmonton or Toronto you know we're covering from our homes but you know it's it's been good um you know watching you know NFL's getting ready to come back uh, this Thursday night I think is the yeah, first this game week, Chiefs and, and or Chiefs and Texans Yep, and then the Bucks will be playing Sunday against uh, New Orleans. So it's nice to see normalcy again. You know, even though fans won't be allowed in the stadiums and and stuff like that, I, I think you're going to start to see that coming back sooner than later. I mean, dude, I did a podcast for, for the Tampa Bay Lightning before the season shut down, and on our last show of the season, I sat there and I said, you know, this is going to be 30, 45 days max. I was a little wrong. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. <clears throat> I got that number a little off there. So, but you know, it's it's nice to see some normalcy and and stuff like that. You know, I started up a a, a non sports podcast uh, during quarantine uh, just to kind of keep myself active. So, it, it's going. How has your whole perception of the coronavirus changed since March, when initially the NHL and NBA both paused their seasons on March twelfth? Oh, don't ask me that question. You don't want to hear my conspiracy theories. I, I've had people that have that have had it. 
Um, you know, there's been some big names that have had it. Uh, Cameron Brait for the Tampa Bay Light, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers were, was uh, one of the Buccaneer players that had it. You know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, A.J. Styles. Von uh, Miller. Just, uh, Tom Hanks, Von Miller. Um, do I think it's as bad as, as everybody says it is? I, I don't think so, but that's my opinion. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to end up being just like the common cold. Uh, just like H1N1, swine flu, Zika, you know, it's it's going to be around, but it's not going to be. I mean, this year we had a case in, I think, Colorado of the bubonic plague. I think a monkey had the bubonic plague in Colorado. And the bubonic plague has been gone for. God knows how long. Yeah. So it, it's going to be a regular thing every year. It's going to be like the common cold. Um, and uh, I just hope by January – you know, fans can start getting back into the arenas. Uh, they can start to see their favorite teams play. And uh, I can get back into the press box. Although uh, covering the teams, I think, is going to be I, – I think they're going to continue to do Zoom meetings going forward. I, I don't think you're going to get much um, uh, locker room access anymore. And, and why do you think that, you know, we're going to go ahead in the future with Zoom meetings and not go back to, you know, locker room access? It's just a gut feeling I have. It's nothing I've been told either way. It's just kind of a gut feeling. Um, it kind of gives the team a little more control. Um, so I, I, I think teams are starting to kind of like doing it. Um, but even if they open up, to in-person player interviews, uh, I still think you're going to have, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be in the locker room. I think the days of actually going into a locker room are done. Getting into your story a bit here, who is your biggest influence to get into sports journalism? Oh, God. You know, it, I never really had an influence. Um, I did have a friend of the family who was in – uh, the radio industry for a lot of years, just recently retired three or four years ago. And I always wanted to get into radio. Well, I always loved sports. So I was like, oh, well, I'll do sports radio. Um, ended up going to Connecticut School Broadcasting here in Tampa, uh, graduated. And before I even graduated, I had a an internship with 95.3 WDAE, at the time 620 WDAE. Um, Got to intern for uh, Rick Stroud and Tom Jones, two of the bigger newspaper guys who got a radio show here in Tampa, uh, as well as Ron Diaz and Ian Beckles. Ian's still a good friend of mine to this day. Um, once that internship ended, ended up going over to 98.7 The Fan, and uh, up until they flipped formats about six months after I was there. So that was kind of the point where I was like, me and a buddy of mine at the time said, hey, why don't, we, why don't we do our own thing and control our own destiny? And that's what we've done. Um, I think December, this December will be six years the Scrum has been around. And we're growing every year. You know, we're, we're trying to be outside the box of what other people do. And how have you used your prior experience to help you, uh, you know, with writing today? I'll tell you this right now. When I came into this, I was not a good writer. <laughs> I was not a good writer. Because um, remember, like I said, I, I got into this at 32, 31, 32 years old. 
so I was a lot of years removed from high school and, you know, some of the basic things that, you know, you would learn in, in high school and whatnot, I'd kind of forgotten. So luckily I have a guy on my staff who's probably one of the most OCD grammar people there are. Uh, he's actually my VP, Brooks Rowland, um, one of our other lightning writers. And uh, I got to, to where I am today, and I still don't think I'm the best. Um, the biggest thing is in anything you do, you got to strive to be better every day. And that's what I do. You know, I never sit there and, and I'm never stoic or, or lazy or sit back and go, all right, I'm, I'm good. I'm good where I'm at. You know, I always want to be bigger and better. And how did you end up writing for the Lightning and not choosing, uh, you know, the other Tampa Bay sport teams that are there? So I write for all of them, actually. Um, our site covers all three teams. And uh, I do a little bit for each when, when needed. Being the owner, I kind of let my, my section leads handle that. I actually grew up a Lightning fan. Um, I went to their first ever Fan Fest back in 91. No, 92. Um, and ended up going to their first ever game uh, against the Minnesota North Stars at the uh, Florida State Fairgrounds Expo Hall. I still have the banner to this day. Uh, it sits in my uh, office. But, you know, I, I kind of gravitated to the Lightning. And then when I went to 98.7 The Fan, um, my assistant program director at the time, Jerry Petuck, uh, who used to be the producer for Steve Dumig um, over at 620, asked me, he said, hey, do you, do you want to be a field reporter and cover the Lightning? And I said, yeah. So when the fan flipped, you know, I'd already built that relationship with the Lightning. They already knew who I was. So it was kind of an easy transition where I already had my foot in the door. Um, had I tried to do it without my foot already in the door, it would probably have been a completely different uh, experience. Just how critical is it to have these connections at the NHL level to report for an NHL team? Well, they're very critical. Um, Brooks and I actually got to cover the All-Star game here about what, three years ago when it was in Tampa. Um, and obviously all the NHL, you know, vets their, their media people very closely. And the fact that we're both members of the Pro Hockey Writers Association uh, didn't hurt. But, you know, the Lightning, I'm sure, had very good things to say about us. Um, reputation in this industry is, is key. If you don't have a good reputation, you're not going anywhere. What factors play into successful reporting? Well, your reputation um, is, is one, because if people don't trust what you're saying, they're not going to read your stuff. Um, backing up everything you say. A lot of people tend to shy away from being critical of a team they're covering um, in fear they're going to hurt somebody's feelings or get somebody upset with them. You know, I wrote an article once upon a time when, when Steven Samkos was entering his first year of uh, unrestricted free agency. Um, I wrote an article called Why Losing Steven Samkos Isn't a Bad Thing. And did I want to see Steven Stamkos leave the Lightning? No, not as a fan, not as a member of the media. Um, he's a cornerstone to this organization. 
but I also wanted to be the guy that wrote an article that outlined, people were talking you know? about. Huh? Just kind of like outlined, uh, you know, some of the possibilities that could happen if Stamkos did leave in free agency. That and I wanted to, I've always, when I write an opinion piece like that, I like to write what people are talking about, but nobody else is writing about. And what about your writing style kind of catches the attention of the fans? I like to throw a little personality. Um, everybody and their mother can write an, uh, a hockey recap. Anybody and their mother can write a hockey article. You know, I like to infuse it with a little bit of uh, a little bit of pizzazz, a little bit of personality. Uh, I like to break it down, you know, make it. I like to, <laughs> to steal a line from Tommy Boy, I like to write articles for the common man because that's who I am and that's who I care about. You know, the common fan is the one that's going to read your articles. Even the diehards are going to read your articles. Um, but a lot of the common fans don't understand the advanced statistics that are out there. Heck, I've been covering the team, the NHL, for six years, and some of the advanced statistics I don't even understand. I'm with you in that um, boat. You know, so I like to write a a very in-depth article, but a one that anybody can sit down and read and understand. As a reporter like yourself, one of the main goals is to remain as credible as possible. How long did it take for you to reach that plateau? You know, I, I think I'm still striving for that. Um, do I have the respect of most of the people in the press box? I'm assuming I'm, I'm still welcome back every game. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where credibility is the biggest thing. And, and when you lose it, it's gone. Um, you know, I try to be as unbiased as possible. Sure. There's a little part of me that, you know, being a Homer, being a lightning fan, you know, for God, what? 28 years. Yeah, 28 years. Um, sometimes I get a little, you know, a little iffy on that. But, you know, I try to stay as, as down the middle as possible. I try to report things as they are. And, you know, it, it, it takes time. Uh, I'm not going to put a timeline on it. I'm not going to say you get it six months, a year. When, when big market outlets start looking at you, that's when I think you – truly truly made it but like I said you know I've got my own thing I'm working on and you know even if a big market uh publication came calling I, I don't think I'd ever take it I think I'd stay where I'm at with my guys with the NHL reporting zero phase four COVID-19 test for around the fifth week in a row now how has that reassured you that this whole bubble thing is working well, I mean, you saw with the NBA when they first started their bubble, I think they started a week or so prior uh, before the Lightning or the NHL, you know, they had a few issues. Um, but I think the way the NHL set it up has done it, I think has been first class, has been top notch. And you see it. I mean, as, as you said, you know, there's been no positive tests for God knows how long, you know, in the NBA, when they first popped in their bubble, there were 
Yeah. You know, test after test after test was coming positive. Guys were sneaking out of uh, out of the bubble. Um, in Seattle, you had that rookie that snuck somebody into the team hotel uh, in, C- in team gear. It's nice to see the NHL doing it right, and it's nice to see the players buying into it. Because at the end of the day, if the players didn't buy in, it wasn't going to work. And, I mean, you're completely correct there because, you know, as we see with the MLB, they can't bubble because of the roster size. But, you know, just like, you know, there was a whole outbreak there with the Cardinals that, you know, really pondered the question to everyone and even, you know, reporters and sports fans like, is the MLB going to shut down now? But, you know, it's nice to see that the NHL and, you know, everyone is taking it as serious as possible. No, it is. And, I mean, I think there, there could have been a way to do a bubble with, the, with Major League Baseball. I mean, you got to think about they would have had to redo the entire schedule, which I think they pretty much did anyways. Um, it could have been done. I mean, you could have done a bubble in Florida and a bubble in Arizona and had minimal travel between the two cities. Um, I think that could have, could have lessened the impact they had. But, hey, Rob Manfred wanted to do it his way. He did it his way. You know, people have questioned him with the outbreaks that the Marlins, the Cardinals had. <coughs> um, so, I mean, in this day and age, there's no, there's no right way and wrong way. There's testing how and seeing how things work, and the NHL has been the most successful of the three. At the start or when uh, the start of June or when Gary Bedman did make the announcement about the return to play format, what were you initially thinking? Thank you. God, hockey's coming back. Um, And that's not just, like I said, you know, that's not just as a member of the media. um, That's not, you know, just as a, a fan, you know, that's as somebody who looked at it as, okay, we're going to have a little bit of normalcy coming back. Um, you know, I, I, I respect the way that Gary Bettman and Bill Daly have been able to make the bubble work, have made it successful. Um, but, you know, I, I watched much like everybody else. I watched that first game back, um, you know, the first exhibition, just because I was like, wow, thank God hockey's back. I can actually uh, stop driving my fiance crazy. You know, I think March 12, 2020 will always be a day in history where sports fans will look back and say, uh, you know, it was a horrible day because uh, that's when the NHL paused its season. Where were you when the league initially paused? I was at the house. Um, I think I was actually in my office typing up something. Um, and I think if I'm correct, that was actually the night they were supposed to play Philadelphia. And I was actually supposed to cover that game. Um, so, you know, I was just kind of chilling at the house, getting ready to cover that game that night. And word came down. And, you know, it, I, I think because of what happened with the NBA, I think they could have went another week or two. But when Rudy Gobert, you know, tested positive for the Utah Jazz, I think that's, that's the final domino that caused the NBA and the NHL to shut down. Did you ever think at the time that the NHL would come back or were you on the side that, you know, the NHL is just going to cancel the whole season? I had hope. 
Um, I had a lot of hope. Um, but, you know, it, it was a weird time. You know, there was not a lot of, of certainty. You know, things, you know, we were being confined to our homes, um, only being allowed to go out and make, you know, necessary trips to the, uh, to the convenience store, to the grocery store. And when things started reopening and, you know, Florida had another spike, I was like, man, thank God they're doing this up in Toronto and Edmonton. I, I think if the, if the NHL didn't go with the bubble, I don't think they would have come back. What has surprised you most to the point, uh, you know, to today where we are right now? I don't know if anything surprised me at this point. <laughs> um, I think the biggest surprise is that all three major sports leagues are going to be going. Um, actually, I think the biggest surprise sports-related during COVID is Dwayne The Rock Johnson buying the XFL. That is a big surprise. Boss, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, from his former boss, Vince McMahon. Um, cause we were actually credentialed with the Vipers too, before that shut down as well. Um, yeah, I don't think much surprises me anymore. Um, I'm just ready for it to be over and get I, back to complete normalcy. I can agree with you there among, you know, I'm pretty sure everyone can agree that we want to go back to what we, you know, used to know as uh, the regular normal and go back to, uh, going to the arenas and, sitting, uh, you know, beside another fan and cheering when the home team scores. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, even being in the press box, you know, you know, all the people I've gotten, you know, to be friends with, you know, I miss seeing them. So it, it'll be nice. Um, heck, it'll be nice to even go to a game every so often again, uh, as you said, and sit next to a fan, drink a uh, overpriced beer, um, get an overpriced hot dog, and uh, just enjoy the atmosphere. Did you get a sense that it was a storybook ending when Tampa exercised their demons against Columbus in this year's playoffs? Oh, God. Um, are you asking the member of the media or the fan? Uh, how about both? So, member of the media, was nice to see it happen. Um, nobody, after the historic regular season the Lightning had in 2018-2019, Nobody expected uh, Columbus uh, to basically walk into Amelie Arena and wipe the floor with the Lightning in four games. Um, obviously, you know, those weren't all at Amelie, but you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, that's the media opinion. The fan opinion, thank God, because had they lost to them two years in a row, oof, that would have been rough. How surprised were you about the 2019 sweep? It was probably the most shocking thing I've seen in a long time. Um, it was probably the most shocking thing I've seen since uh, the Boston Red Sox came back to beat the New York Yankees in the playoffs what, 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Seems like forever. Yeah. So, I mean, every year the best part about the NHL is it's the most unpredictable uh, playoffs. Um, so it's, anything can happen. I mean, are, do I think the President's Cup is a curse? When you look at how many teams have won it total compared to how many teams have actually won the Cup 
it, it's definitely not something if I was an NHL player I'd want. How many cups of coffee or tea did you go through during that five overtime thriller? Uh, thankfully, I was not the one covering it. Uh, that was my lead lightning writer, Michael Raper. Um, it wasn't coffee I was drinking, <laughs> uh, but I had quite a few. Um, finally had to, uh, thankfully it was an early game. Yeah, I know. It wasn't a late game. But uh, no, I had, I had a few uh, beverages during that at the house. Now, after that game ended in five overtimes, five overtimes, everyone took to Twitter and, you know, complained that uh, the NHL should drop down to four on four, three on three overtime. What are your whole thoughts on that commotion? I wouldn't mind it. I think it'd be kind of cool. But at the same token, you know, I wasn't a fan of the shootout when they brought that to eliminate ties. Um, it wasn't until I saw my first ever sh live shootout that I changed my opinion on that. I think maybe once it gets past three, you start dropping it. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's something that's been a, um, a staple of the, of the league. So, leave it. At the end of the day, I say leave it. That five, I was actually... Oh, sorry. I don't know if you saw my Twitter. I was having fun with that game. Uh, I was doing a oh – God, how did I put it? Um, I was doing a whole series of tweets. You know, uh, uh, I think one of them was, Stamkos' kid will be in his fifth NHL season by the time this game ends. Well, um, I mean, I don't blame you there. You know, so Zidano Chara or uh, Zidano Chara would have uh, another tweet I would have done. Zidano Chara would probably retire by the time this game ends because it seems that guy is never going to retire. Yeah, he is coming back for another season. I mean, that guy's a tank. He is, but you can definitely tell he's he's definitely lost a step. Yeah, he may still have the shot, but he doesn't have the wheels he once had. You know, that five-overtime thriller was Rick Peckham's, uh, you know, the play-by-play -play for the Bulls. Uh, that was his last game. How has your relationship with him grown over the years? You know, it's funny. I actually uh, – I met Rick before uh, before I got into the uh, – well, no, I met him shortly after I got into the media. But I actually didn't meet him at the press box. I met him somewhere else. And uh, we – you know, we – casually chatted every time I'd come up to the press box um I'd pop my head in and say hi and um you know uh it was sad to see him go I mean this is a guy who's been the voice of lightning for you know seems like forever and between him and Dave Mishkin you know I don't think there's another uh Dave Mishkin obviously our radio uh the lightning's radio play-by-play -play guy I, I didn't think there was any t any teams that could compete, you know, with their own in uh, in-house staff, and he will be missed. Um, you know, they obviously haven't uh, named a replacement yet. Uh, Brian Engblom will still be the uh, color guy, so it, it'll be interesting to see who they bring in and you know who takes over the mantle. Uh, I remember hearing an interview years ago when uh, Dave Mishkin took over the play-by-play. And uh, his his calls are, especially the Stanley Cup call, 
Um, Phil Esposito thought the guy was having a heart attack the first goal he called uh, because of how enthusiastic he gets. So, you know, I've been I've been blessed to be on a ride with this team in one way or another, you know, since their inception, and now I just get to be in the arena and and cover the team. What ran through your head when Tukaras decided to opt out of the bubble and return home with his family back in Finland? It, it, you know, that's his choice. I'm not a Boston Bruins, you know, the fan in me was like, okay, well, this might make, you know, if we face, if the Lightning face the Bruins a little bit easier, um, which Halak didn't make it that much easier. Uh, but, you know, that's his choice. That was his decision. And, you know, people that don't respect it, well, then, you know, so be it. That's his choice. Um, we had, you know, a local radio host here in Tampa that said Stamkos had left the bubble and was headed home due to injury, but that didn't turn out to be true. So, I mean, these guys can, you know, do what they need to do because at the end of the day, you know, family's number one. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, speaking of Steven Stamkos, you know, how heartbreaking is it to see his career kind of derailed by injuries? It sucks. Um, you know, I've had a, a couple conversations with uh, Steven in the locker room. Uh, very minimally conversations. You know, it's it's tough to see. I mean, this is a guy who, took, who could have taken a lot more money and left Tampa, uh, but he took a lot less to finish what he started after he was drafted here. Um, you know, Hedman followed suit, uh, Kucherov followed suit, Vasilevsky followed suit, all took a lot less than market value to stay in Tampa. So it, it does suck. Um, you know, a lot of people were expecting when the restart happened that they'd get a healthy Stamkos, uh, back in the lineup, but unfortunately that wasn't in the cards. So we'll, we'll definitely see, uh, as of now, Cooper has, in essence, said that Stamkos will not play in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, so there's still a chance he makes it. If the Lightning get to the Stanley Cup Final, there's still a chance he could play. Has there been – has there really been a missing hole with him not in the lineup? Oh, absolutely. 100%. You look at their power play when he was healthy this season, and you look at their power play when he wasn't. I mean, dude, that one-timer from that face-off circle is deadly. Um, Ryan Miller said it years ago in a video I watched. Uh, they asked, who is the one player you don't want to see anywhere near you? And he said, Steven Stamkos. That guy's got a deadly slap, a deadly shot from that faceoff circle that if you're not on your game that night, he'll put, he'll put every one of them past you. Like you mentioned, uh, you know, the Lightning are in a cap crunch because, you know, a lot of players took less than market value. If you were the general manager, what moves would you start out by making? Oh, God. I haven't even put that hat on yet. Um, I'd have to have a bunch of websites open to, to truly give you a, a detailed answer on that one. I mean, you got... Mikhail Sergachev's coming up as an RFA. You got Anthony Sorelli that's coming up as an RFA. Uh, I believe Eric Chernak is coming up as a uh, RFA. Um, the the best thing that Julian Breezebois could have done 
is learn under Steve Eiserman for all those years. And that's what he did. Um, you know, it, here in Tampa, there used to be a joke in Eiserman we trust or trust the Iser plan. Um, you know, that that's holding over to Julian Breezebois, you know, just trust in what he's doing. Uh, he sat in the same room with Eiserman for a lot of years and learned from what I think is one of the best GMs in hockey. And he'll get it done. He'll get, he'll make the moves that need to be made to keep uh, the organization successful. Who, in your opinion, is a prospect in the organization that can make a push for a lineup spot next season? Talon Foote. Um, I think you're going to see Coburn. You know, I think you're going to see a depleted defensive core next or defensive core next season. I don't necessarily know who's going to leave, whether it be via free agency, via trade, but I do think Talon Foote um, somehow, someway makes the roster next season. And last question here on the podcast: Do you have any advice for aspiring sports journalists? Take the word no out of your vocabulary. Um, if you get the ability or the chance to work in a building um, with an organization, take the word no out of your vocabulary. Um, you know, everything, anytime I was asked to do something, if I didn't know how to do it, I'd say, oh yeah, I, know, I, I can do that. But how do you like it done? So I never said, no, I can't do it. I always pushed forward, did what I needed to do and rest is history. I'd like to thank Trevor Grout, who covers the Tampa Bay Lightning for the Sports Scrum. Thank you again, Trevor, for joining me on today's podcast. No problem, buddy. Thank you.